Welcome to the definitive guide to the three biggest mistakes you're probably making right now. We're going to dive into some of the most popular strategies and decisions and thought processes that permeate all of the internet and why they're actually the things that might be helping you get from point A to point B, but are going to be the reason you never get to where you want to be. These are solutions that will honestly make you feel really good right away, but make you have to rebuild over and over again. These are the reasons that your CPMs keep rising. These are the reasons that your ads keep dying. These are the reasons that results are unstable and you're not able to trust Facebook as a platform. These are the reasons that your business is still struggling at that six, seven figure range when it could easily be an eight figure business growing with potential. These are the things that you are doing that feel like the right idea where you're set putting more and more work into it, but ultimately creating more stress and less success for your future. We're going to dive into all of this and what we're going to get out of everything here is dissecting where this stuff comes from how to fix these problems, and you're going to walk away with a very clear idea of what it is that you need to do to get the success that you deserve so that you can work less and less and see more and more success with less and less stress because we're going to teach you today how to use the ads manager so that you are managing the ads instead of undermining it by doing what everybody else says that you should do for vanity short-term wins that actually sets your business on fire. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. You could be literally anywhere on the internet right now, and I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, go ahead and subscribe, hit like, you know, leave a comment if you have any questions or just some positive stuff. All of that really helps. If you're listening to it on podcast, give me a five-star review. Go ahead and subscribe there too. All of that stuff really helps. Just trying to get more good things out to more good people. And if you want to know more stuff from me, if you're ever interested in more information, I've made a great resource. It's links.facebookdisruptor.com. You go there, you can sign up an application for my Facebook Ads MBA program. You can get yourself a seat for free in the next webinar. You can sign up for the newsletter, which is again, free, where you get stuff like this every single week. There's a bunch of other information in there, and I think that you're really, really going to enjoy it. So that being said, I just want to say thank you very much. It means the world to me to be this helpful to everybody and to share what I've learned in the lessons that is in my career of driving well over a billion in revenue to help you stop to avoid all the same mistakes that everybody else makes. Let's dive into it. Number one. Control and or scale and test campaigns. If you're currently running a scale and a test campaign, that is one of the reasons that you are struggling. Now, I know you're saying, well, look, I'm running a scale and a test campaign. I'm doing so much better than I was before. Sure. When you go from a D minus to a C plus, you're doing better. If you were running interest groups and manual bids, maybe you're doing retargeting. Please tell me you weren't doing a lot of retargeting. Oh, you're not now. If, if you're still running a bunch of, oh, you're probably still doing post IDs if you're doing a scale and a test campaign. If you were doing things really poorly, basically taking 2015, 2017 Facebook strategies or what worked on Google and trying to make it work in social media, 
just getting out of that and moving into smaller, more condensed spots, maybe a scaling campaign where you are using broad, maybe a couple lookalikes or something like that. We're going to get you out of all of that nonsense to it here in a little bit. But doing that is probably a lot better than the 10 campaigns you're running before. And having a well-oiled machine for testing creative and giving Facebook better opportunities to make smart decisions, even though right now your current system is actually working against itself to be successful, is probably a lot better than your guess and check and hope and pray version of how you're running Facebook before. So going from a D- minus to a C- plus is an improvement. But if you want to get to an A- plus work, you have to stop ignoring the scientific method. You have to stop relying on luck to amplify your costs while setting yourself up as a liability for Facebook's business model just to then start testing. So let's break this down. Now, this, the, the scale and test version of running ads kind of looks something like this. You've got a scale campaign of all of your best ads and you spend all of your money against the few best ads you have and you spend everything you possibly can against it. And when it's good, you spike your budget. So when things go poorly, well, you're creative testing and try to replenish that. And hey, business is better than it used to be because before, again, you were running it in about the worst way possible. So you've adopted a lot of the lessons from 2018 in a consolidated campaign, proven assets, Hopefully you're using post IDs and not just duplicating the ads and having a bunch of variations running there, but at least you're doing a lot better. And then you have your test campaign. Where this test campaign, maybe you're making 10 ads a week or 20 or 40 around different concepts. Again, you're doing the process in the right way. That makes sense. Now, maybe you're running these all week. You launch on Sunday, you see what it looks like. You elevate the winners. Now, that makes sense right up until you start to apply really any critical thought. Let me break it down for you. And I don't mean that to be insulting. I'm just trying to be mm, a little hyperbolic. Forgive me. I'm a little on the spectrum. Sometimes I position things in a way that could be offensive. I'm not trying to be offensive. Let's dive into it. Let's say you're running 20 ads. Now, you've gone through the effort of building a bunch of post IDs, right? So you're building individual ads. You're not yet using dynamic creative, which... There's a whole video on dynamic creative on why building individual post IDs is a terrible idea and something that you should never do again. And empirical data going over nearly $100 million in spend over five years to back that up and why the eight-figure businesses of the world never do that and why everybody that's struggling keeps making the same mistake over and over again. We're not even going to dive into that here. That's a known fact, and there's a great video called The Definitive Guide to Dynamic Creative. You can go check that out when you want it. So that being said, the test campaign, let's say, for instance, you're building 40 posts this week and launching them on a Sunday and seeing how they do. Great. Now, maybe you're even running ABO so that every ad set gets an even chance to see how it works. What you're doing is really evenly spending your money against good ideas and likely the greater number of bad ideas because odds are out of 10 ads you build three or four are really good and six or seven aren't that's fine that, that's that's a good ratio but it means that you're investing as many impressions into people that creates you it positions you as a liability to facebook's business model of giving people positive experiences you're investing more heavily in being a liability to the business needs of your partner than actually being an asset. So your CPMs are going to go up. 
on all accounts. On all campaigns, sorry. So you're heavily investing in telling Facebook, I don't really care about being a good partner with you. That's a problem. Now, you're evenly spending against all of these options. Great! Because you're like, well, I'm going to get, you know, even weight so I know what's going to be best. Do you? Let's say you, if you, I mean, you could itemize out each one as its own ad set running. One ad per ad set and see how it does. But that being said, if we were to run multiple ads against each other, you see sometimes some ads get more money, some ads get less. Is the ad that got more money the best ad out of that set? You might say yes. Well, really, that ad is the one that probably had the best estimated action rate out of the first couple hundred or couple thousand impressions. Does that mean that if you gave every ad a thousand impressions, that would be the best choice? Maybe, maybe not. Is the ad that's actually far more efficient but got a half the spend a better ad than the one that got all the money? Who knows? Now, you might make the decision, well, clearly, that one got a $34 CPA and the other one got a 78 so I'm going to run the one with the 34 That makes sense. What are you talking about, Charlie? Well, I'm going to tell you this. On a very low data set, because realistically, your test campaign is probably a percentage of your overall budget. It's probably not even close to 50%. So let's say it's 20 cents of every dollar. And that 20 cents of every dollar goes to 40 different ads. So half a cent of every dollar you spend goes to each individual ad, or maybe it's being rounded out to some. So at most, maybe two cents of every dollar goes to your best ad in testing. Do you legitimately think that one week at 2% of your investment gives you a stable and projectable outcome for a data? Do you legitimately think that you should be investing the future of your business on a few lucky days. Because here's what we do. We take that ad that got lucky in that first week, because again, two or three days, three, four days, not a trend. And when we look at it over a week, does that really mean that that's what we can think it's gonna look like in a month? Now you might be saying, well, we have no idea what ads are gonna be doing in a month. And my response is, booey. I know what my ads are going to be doing in a month because I don't use my testing model in this fashion at all. No. So with that being said, when you're running these ads, all you're really doing is testing to see which one's getting lucky right away and then taking the luckiest ad and dropping it inside of your proven winners to start the test. Your creative test doesn't even start until this entire campaign is done and then you take whatever was lucky right out of the gate and then you risk your entire business's future on that lucky piece because hopefully it's good hopefully it's doing okay hopefully it's better you might say well it's clearly doing better than the other one i know it's getting a 38 dollars and my control campaign was a 52 yeah but these ads were spending a lot of money and you can look to see how they were doing all week long all month long for the last 90 days you might say well my ads never last that long yeah because you're destroying yourself by winning your entire business on the back of luck as your business model which isn't good that all being said ultimately 
this model has three big, huge, giant red flag risks. Number one, you're investing a lot of money into really bad ideas. Let's say 60% of your creative tests are ads that aren't good. And let's say it's 20% of your budget. That means you're investing more than a dime for every dollar on giving Facebook the finger, basically saying, I don't care about you. I'm going to force bad experiences onto people. And when your CPMs continue to go up, it's not Facebook's fault. They're just reacting to you because somebody else is actually the creative testing model that doesn't disrespect Facebook's business model or the end consumer's user experience as a standard of practice. And they're going to beat you in the auctions, which means not only are you paying more money, but line item number two on the risk is because of all this really bad investment, when you do slide it over into scale and you try to throw all your money against it, you're going to be seeing lower quality people that are more expensive. So you're not even getting the good buyers anymore. The person next door that's doing a better job of you of initially even testing things with respect for the end user as a priority, they're going to beat you at even getting the first touch on good people. And three, the winner here, the lucky winner of that first week, it never actually had to compete with a good ad. When you are the all-star, if you're the king of high school, you know, if you're a prom queen and everybody else is ugly and kind of a terrible person, does that really mean that you're anything to be proud of? The point is, you can't declare a winner in a fish tank as something you could throw out in the ocean and really think is going to survive. And what happens? It gets eaten up and spit out by everybody else that's doing a better job than you. So this test and scale campaign, you've got to stop doing that. Now, I dive into what you should be doing, but I don't want to you know, go into too much detail. So you can find videos on the YouTube channel and it's up inside the podcast. Go and look at one campaign to rule them all. How to spend a million dollars in one Facebook campaign. And you can also take a look at the definitive guide to creative testing. You should be having, ultimately, your scaling campaign. The tests should be run with dynamic creatives inside of your scaling campaign so that your winners have to compete against your control elements so that you're actually using the scientific method of a variable versus a control. If you're not doing that, then you're trying to build your business off of getting lucky and kind of just throwing your finger up at every scientific you know, advancement made in the last several hundred years because somehow you're better than that by undermining a machine learning platform and disrespecting your customers as a core business principle. Just my two cents. Bad idea. That being said, another really bad idea, but super popular, is using cost caps and bid caps and lookalikes as the primary source of all of your data and of all of your spend. Now you're going to get good results, right? Because it's a predictive element. It looks at all the data you have and then goes out and finds all the people that you've already talked to and who's gonna convert for the best. But if you're draining the bucket without ever filling it up, you're gonna run out. 
And what do we see here? Well, that's fine. You just have to raise your bids a little bit. You have to raise your bids a little bit. You have to raise your bids a little bit. Why are you even doing a cost cap or a bid cap if every week or so, when it fails because your structure and strategy is a bad idea, you're just telling the system, you know what, $50 is okay. No, 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 65 okay. No, 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 80 is okay. Like you're not telling the system that you're getting more and more desperate to get a lower and lower quality thing and literally telling it what a conversion is worth to you. And then complaining when that result is unstable and continues to go up. Oh, you're using lookalikes. Great. Of a data set of people that have already converted on the ads that you were already running. So then you make new ads and drop them into that lookalike. Well, those new ads were never tested against the existing data set. And you're not filling up the well of new buyers nearly as fast as you're draining it because that lookalike again is taking a small data set of maybe a hundred maybe a thousand people and getting you a million or two million or more so when you run out of the 500 or a thousand people that might actually be good out of that set do you think new ideas that don't have any relation to the data set that built that original buyer group do you think new creatives is going to work well against it because that lookalike isn't just a buyers it's of buyers that saw ads that look in a certain way at a certain time that responded to a certain messaging when you change the time and the messaging and the concept and maybe even the offer and then run a lookalike of new creatives against that same audience trying to make money out of it it's not going to work now here you might say well it's working for me great I hope it does work for you. I hope it is better than the other option. But again, going from a D minus to a C plus isn't going to work out for you. And when you want to make that A plus work, you're going to have to start focusing on investing more in the growth of your potential and way less in stealing low-hanging fruit, which also, because you're using those audiences, your CPMs are rising across the board. Because remember, you're forcing more bad impressions on more good people. You're throwing more and more good money at bad you know, relationships. Which, by the way, if you want to know more about this, you can go see how it works. Big caps and lookalikes. There's a whole video on YouTube about it. You can check out the podcast and do whatever you want. There's a blog on the site. You can dive way deeper into that. So I'm not going to dive too much into it now. But you have to understand, these tools are very powerful. And I use them too as incremental to your broad audience, auto placement, lowest cost efforts. You need to be getting far more data into your system from someplace outside of these than data that you drive from this. If your lookalike is responsible for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80% of all your conversions, understand that audience is going to die quickly. And the answer to that isn't to make another lookalike guidance of another data set or go from 1% to 3% or something like that. That's not the solution. The solution is actually just figure out how to make broad work so that you never have to worry about audiences ever again. And when it comes to cost caps and bid caps and all that fun stuff, those things can work for you. They're wonderful tools to help you go 5 or 10% more today. And on bad days, they won't spend. And on good days, they'll spend more. But if you don't already have a foundation of data for them to be built on, they're going to fail for you. And when they fail for you, you're going to have to continue to raise your beds and raise your beds and play this chasing game of trying to keep up. 
or you could just go i guess now it's maximum conversions but lowest cost auto placement broad targeting and never have to worry about it again if you're noticing a trend here one of these continues to force you to work harder and harder and harder for diminishing returns against rising cpms the other one makes this entire effort of hard work completely obsolete and it really becomes a choice for you do you want to invest your time money and energy in creating a solution that's ultimately scalable with repeatable results that you can trust with projectable outcomes that are really stable that you can build your business off of or do you want to focus on getting the lowest hanging fruit possible in a system that's not very sustainable that is also really hurting your incremental lift because who do you think those low-cost people are probably folks who would buy maybe anyway so you're getting way less new people into your store if your focus is to go from a five million dollar business to a 20 million dollar business it's not going to happen by making a one percent lookalike of your existing buyers no it's not going to happen if you're struggling from getting 500 a day to 2000 a day it's not going to happen because you use cost caps mm -mm, not going to happen those are the moves that get you from 500 to 560. those are the moves that get you from 2000 to 2400. those are the moves folks like me that are spending 20 30,000 a day tack on another 3 4k sure it's working great and i can take a screenshot and go on the internet and tell everybody how it's what a wonderful idea is but i don't do that because i'm trying to help you not make those mistakes because i also understand that what i'm impairing what the harm that that is causing at a greater level is that my business isn't growing facebook can look better and better and better and i might have to close my doors if the person giving you advice on how to execute your Facebook ad account isn't taking a look at the exit strategy for your business model and ultimately looking at the profit margin and revenue growth for your business month over month, then that person doesn't give a damn about your success and honestly has no business speaking to how you should be executing on the platform. And that pretty much eliminates about 90% of the people that I see giving advice anywhere on the internet. Not something you should be thinking about. Plus, a good chunk of those people are in my DMs trying to figure out what I'm telling you for free right now anyway. Last thing I want to get to is coming up in just a minute, but I really want to drive home the point here that local likes and bid caps and cost caps aren't bad ideas. I use them. But you have to think about them as how do I get 5 or 10% more? Not how do I build my entire business? And the only exception to that rule is maybe Facebook is only 10% of your business. And you're getting enough data from other places that you don't need to worry about Facebook doing it. In which case, maybe you just use Facebook as a cost cap and retargeting platform and you never go broad. And that's totally fine. And if you're doing 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year, go for it. So the last thing I want to talk about here real quick is offers. How many of you raise your hand? I can see you on the internet. Believe me, I promise. And, and put some clothes on. It's okay. Raise your hand if you're promoting more than two offers in your ad account right now. Why? Do you legitimately have the money and the investment in the time where you've maximized the profitable opportunity on one offer? 
My point is, when we use PSM, by the way, referencing another video, if you want to go check out PSM, it's called, I think it's uh, the golden rule, uh, the golden ratio of scaling, PSM, the death of MER and ROAS, or something along those lines. You can go check out that video, that podcast. I, I really recommend you check it out because ultimately that's going to help you from looking at MER and ROAS and all these other absolutely useless metrics and start actually running a business in a way that an investment banker would look at your bottom line and how they would actually grow your business by cutting all the fat, which you're investing heavily into right now. And instead of letting somebody else ship your entire business, you could just run your business that way to begin with when it comes to where you're spending your money on Facebook and you could actually just be seeing way more profits. Let me give you a for instance. Multiple times, I've taken brands from 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 a day to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 a day or more. And one of the first things that we did is we cut back from 10 offers to one. Doing one thing really well is far, far better for business than doing five things poorly. And what I really want to focus in on here, when we're talking about that control and that scale and that test campaign, are you doing that for every single product? How much money are you actually making on one of those products versus another? Maybe you've got one product that's very low cost, super high volume, so you're acquiring a lot of customers and keeping cash flow. And then maybe you have another product that is an upsell from your normal offer available on your website. And so that's really good to help people that want to spend more. You're just going to let them buy two, get one free, buy three, get one free, bundles, package deals, all of that stuff. Now you're doing a really good job at raising your AOV and your LTV of your customer right off the bat. And at the same point in time, you're also doing a good job at prioritizing cash flow at a very low end. So what you're doing together here is you're ultimately, with those two offers, doing a really good job at combining two very different business objectives, and you don't need anything more than those two offers to get to $50,000 a day. You just don't need it. Actually, the more offers you have, the less successful you're going to be. That is almost a given. The direct correlation to amount of products you're spending promoting and the success of any one of those offers and of the business as a whole is one-to-one. -one. That is a direct relationship for many reasons. I'll give you three. First one, how much does it cost in time and money and resources for you to get one offer done well? Multiply that by however many offers you run. You can't afford whatever that number was. So now you're choosing to do things poorly to keep up with the scope of ideas. But when you're doing things poorly just to keep up with the scope of ideas, what that ultimately means is you're investing pretty heavily and doing a bad job. And why? Well, we have five different products. We're trying to sell them all. But Facebook ads isn't to sell every single product that you have in your store. It's to sell the product that you can sell with Facebook ads that delivers you the best result for your business objective, either cash flow or profit margin. Like maybe you're either trying to generate the most amount of revenue, the greatest amount of cash flow, the greatest LTV that you've got, whatever your business objective is, why are you doing anything that doesn't prioritize that business effort? Where are you losing money? And to the point number two, 
Where are you doing a bad job that's actually hurting your business's bottom line while ruining your relationship with Facebook? Because if you're running purchase conversion objective against all of these things, and some of them are good and some of them are bad, what percentage of your money is actually spent on ads that are stable, reliable, projectable, and scalable that give people a positive user experience? It might be less than 15, 20% which means you're legitimately spending more than three quarters of every dollar on ads that aren't actually good for you and when you're doing that is it any shock that your ads are dying quickly or that you're having trouble scaling or maybe you're doing way better than you were before but the reason you're never going to get to where you want to be is because you're still focused on the solution that got you from 100 a to 500 but that's not going to get you to 2,000. And if it's if, if the solution that goes from 500 to 2,000 ain't going to be the thing that gets you to 20. Ultimately, if the solution for you to scale your business is to do more work and do that extra work more poorly, you don't have a scalable solution. You have a short-term win that mortgages the future success for cash flow right now. And it's probably even less cash flow than you could get by just by doing the job well. And the third point to this, Facebook is meant to amplify existing business models. Ultimately, all paid media should be looked at as, I've got something that works. I want to ramp it up. Great. What that means is you're driving more users into a landing page, buying a product, getting through a customer journey. Those landing pages need to be tested. That product needs to be tested. The upsells after that product needs to be tested. Their email flows are going to be coming off of the sale of that product. They need to be tested. You're going to have to deal with returns and refunds and customer service servicing of one of those products. That's overwhelming for one product. How good are you going to do it? Five or 10 or 20? Do you realistically think that you're going to be able to keep up with the workload and the business opportunity costs of doing dozens of things poorly? Because it's not just the offer. Now it's you're running way too many offers. And then that means you have to test poorly on the ads. And then that means you're also not able to uh, do proper landing page testing so now you've got already a few problems. And then that email journey afterwards, well, well, my data set is now you know 20 people instead of 1,000, so I'm doing a much worse job there. And then I'm trying to figure out the upsells on it, but it's on much lower traffic, so I'm just trying to be reactive to small sets of data, and I'm using luck to run my entire business, and oh my God, now you're massively overwhelmed with 20,000 moving parts. You're doing almost every single one of them really poorly, or you can figure out the one thing that you do really well that you can spend money on to make money with. And when you have a business need of cash flow or LTV or customer acquisition or profit margin growth or revenue needs, whatever your business needs, when that shifts, find the next best offer to fit it. That's why we use PSM to identify what those offers are. So we're ultimately understanding the profitable scaling margin between LTV and CPA plus cogs. At the end of the day, figuring out how to improve the volume of that best journey for you is the only thing that you actually need to be worried about. And when you take your business from doing 12 things poorly 
to doing two or three things well? Maybe one thing really well? How much better do you think your email flows are going to be? How much better do you think your search is going to be? How much more do you think you're going to be able to get on LTV because all of your customers are buying the same product? All of your customer journeys are really similar, which means all of your business intelligence is solving one problem really well. What do you think it would look like for you if instead of spending every hour of the day micromanaging a bunch of projects you're doing basically at C minus level? If you could do one thing at an A plus. So with that, I hope you've got some stuff to think about. YouTube thinks you might like some of these things right here. Don't be shy. You can go ahead and subscribe. Tell your friends about all this stuff. It means the world to me. And thank you once again very, very much. I, uh, I'm super stoked to talk about this stuff all the time. So with that, I'll let you go. See you on the internet.